Hey, good morning. This is Doug Field, the CEO of the Institute for Healthcare Consumerism, along with my co-host uh, and managing director, Brent Macy. And welcome to this week's edition of Healthcare Consumerism Radio. Good morning, Brent. Good morning, Doug. How are you? I'm good. We're going to have a great weekend here in Atlanta, and it was kicked off by a great night last night with Atlanta winning 56-14. That's right. They, they came out to play. I think they were mad from the week before when they lost, so... But we're getting the humidity out of Atlanta, so falls, I think, finally here. Beautiful weather, so it'll be a nice nice weekend, and we'll help across the country. You know, it's the same. I know we've got some serious floods in the southwest. Hopefully that's getting settled, but, uh, you know, hope everyone else has a great weekend, too. We, what's coming up today, Brett? We, we, like you said, we got a great program. we got uh, Dr. Alan Roga, who is the CEO of Stat Doctors, going to be filling up our uh, next segment coming up after uh, News and Views here, and... Uh, Alan Rogo, you know, has been with Stat Doctors as the CEO, and what they're really going to talk about is the mobile app and what they're doing with their mobile app and the next generation of e-health delivery. So that's you know, big big uh, space right now. A lot of lot of energy, you know, going into the the e-health mobile app uh, marketplace. So that's going to be really interesting to hear what what Alan has to say and what they're uh, doing there at uh, Stat Doctors. And then following uh, Alan. We've got uh, Dr. Wendy Lynch, and and most of you know who've been around the industry that uh, Dr. Wendy Lynch, she's one of the um, you know one of the industry experts out there, and she's with the Altrum Center for Consumer Choice and Healthcare, and uh, Wendy's been engaged with us for a while around our our conferences and and other things in the marketplace. They do a really good job there at uh, the Altrum Center for Consumer Choice and Healthcare. And uh, what she's really going to talk about is somewhere between passion and passionate, measuring consumer engagement in health, which, Doug, you know, consumer engagement we talk about all the time and, you know, big big thing that employers, brokers, consultants, and others need to to look at, right? Yeah, I think what Wendy, uh, and, and, you know, Wendy is a member of our League of Leaders, and she's probably one of one of the brightest people in this business and one of the most likable people in this business and i think she's going to talk about engagement but talk about really the kind of the misconception i think you know that that term is thrown thrown around a lot but what does it really mean you know with within each stakeholder group right and she some of the things i think she's going to address you know here are you know, how do people decide what role to play in their health and healthcare? And, you know, as con- healthcare consumerism has really emerged as that mega trend going all the way back to when we launched the Institute in 2006 to, to really address this mega trend is consumers, we, you know, the employee consumers have had to become better consumers of health and healthcare. And the first thing you do got to do is get engaged. And so Wendy's really going to address that. And then uh, in the last segment, we're actually going to have uh, someone here who's local in Atlanta with um, Metro Atlanta Financial Group, and it's uh, Coda Alfrey. And what Coda is really going to talk about is the broker perspective on private exchanges, public exchanges, and then really move into you know how do you make employee consumers um better consumers of health and healthcare. how do you engage them in wellness concepts yeah, what's the wellness piece what's the um, uh engagement piece she's got to talk about engagement communication and ed- education as well so it'll be interesting uh to hear that broker perspective she's hands-on in the market and very busy right now with open enrollment kicking off so it'll be a uh, good program and a lot of this you know as we've talked in in past and uh, i know you had uh ron back at the program last week i'm glad he could come back from the beach and uh, join you in studio doug i think a lot of what we talk about even last week and in prior shows uh, 
you know, there, a lot of this is covered at IHC Forum yeah, West, sure November 10th through 12th. And we've got the program solidified, um, got some more employers that we've actually reached out to that we're going to bring in to the program as well. But if you go there, that program's pretty much set. And so you can get a really good feel for, you know, what, what's going to be there. We've got a, fantastic group of brokers and consultants that's that's what i'm seeing really roll on is from an attendee standpoint along with those employers and health plans and health as plans well too. health plans are growing too and i think you know a lot of our guests that we've had on over let's say the last six weeks including wendy today will be key speakers at our our, our forum and mm-hmm. i'm really excited about how we're opening up for them with our opening uh, seat you know c uh level panel i mean we've got the chief financial officer of MG Grant, MGM. We've got the CEO of Nelnet. We've got Joe Jackson, CEO of WageWorks, bringing kind of his their perspective. And uh, Les McPherson, who's the CEO of United Benefit Advisor, uh, this week just agreed to join the panel, which really gives us a, a nice broker perspective as well as, you know, the client perspective he sees mm-hmm. through his broker partners. So very, very excited about that and excited about how we close the event with our employer panel as as you alluded to i mean we're seeing you know we've got some major employers involved with us some really innovative mid-sized employers involved with us in our program and attending we've got more health plans coming to us and 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 joining in the program and certainly those producers and tpas and consultants right and anyways you know when we always talk about the all these all these you know areas that we talk about from a from an employer to brokers to consultants to health plans and Doug you were talking about it yesterday in the office it's all about collaboration it's not about the single silo of hey I'm just a health plan and I'm going to stay in my box and be a health plan mm-hmm. you can't do that anymore mm-hmm. it's it's how do you get out and and everybody come together and uh, really collaborate learn connect and share all the best practices that are out there. That's how this market's going to move forward, and um, you know that's that's why you should look to attend IHC Forum West, November tenth through twelfth. Going to be a great event. Um, and we've so, got four, we got four just uh, before we move into the dates that you can give the team uh, or give our audience is that we have four really good precons. You know, we devote you know four hours prior to the event to really four key areas. One is self funding. You really understand self-funding, uh, really produced by NAHU in partnership mm-hmm. with us. Uh, we have our own certification program. So if you're if you're looking to come to Forum, you know, uh, and attend Forum West, you know, seriously consider become certified. I mean, you'll be able to attend Forum, you know, Ron's pre-con in the event, and immediately at the close of the event, the online test will be available. So mm-hmm. while it's fresh, you, you can take that test. And then working in partnership with PricewaterhouseCoopers and the Private Healthcare Exchange Collaborative, you know, we're going to repeat, uh, obviously it'll be updated because things have changed, but a very hands-on four-hour workshop on really understanding defined contribution and private, and private exchanges. And then uh, we partnered with uh, Las Vegas, uh, Las Vegas Tourism, tourism Group, uh, specifically around medical tourism, and we're conducting a fan trip to some very innovative uh, clinics, hospitals, and organizations throughout Las Vegas that are doing some really neat things around, you know, bariatrics, knee and hip replacement, heart and cardiovascular, and several other things. So uh, our precons are uh, there to really help 
you know, our attendees get their arms around some key topics. And we still do have the uh, super sa- or actually the early bird rates now up there now. So if you want to get early bird pricing for the the conference, go to the website uh, theihcc.com, and then you can navigate from there to the uh, registration page and and get information on the event. But uh, Doug, I know you got some. Uh, Big news you want to announce the market. I think we're going to talk about it. You know, we're definitely going to talk about it here on the program today, but we talk about it all the time. This crazy private health care exchange marketplace. And uh, why don't you tell the audience what, what we have in store? Well, you know, we're, we're very committed to helping the market really understand and access information around defined contribution and private exchanges. You know, we're doing that right now with the industry's definitive guide, private health care exchanges. Uh, .com with over 165, soon to be over 170 private exchanges from around the country. We do it with Healthcare Exchange Solutions and our uh, magazine, print digital magazine, our uh, newsletter series. Obviously, exchange content is very deeply embedded in our forums and will continue to be. But with with such a high number of employers and those working with employers trying to really figure this out and over the next couple of years really trying to understand, hey, is the it, Will this work for our employee population or our client's population? You know, we, we looked at the marketplace and what's being done around events, and you know, there's some good events being done. A lot of them focus on operations. A lot of them focus on the business side. And so we're going to jump in the in – uh, and, and since exchanges can be equated with kind of being the catalyst for, you know, consumerism, and that comes to us from our good friend John Young, who's part of our League of Leaders, uh, but – you know, we're going to launch a conference. We're going to launch a private exchange forum, and we're going to put it in a very unique city that I think mixes well with our presence in Atlanta and Las Vegas. We're going to put it in Dallas, uh, March 31st through April 1st. So very well timed to give employers and, and, and health plans and brokers and advisors an opportunity to come together with us to learn from experts that are talking, both employers, both private exchanges, both academia, you know, brokers, insurers, and really collaborate to understand, hey, what is our strategic decision as we move into 2016 plan year? What happened that, you know, this fall with 2015 plan year? So we're, so we're very excited about it. You know, we're going to continue our mission. You just alluded to it that this isn't, this isn't for one stakeholder group. This is for employers. Brokers, advisors, consultants, TPAs, health plans, those in this industry trying to build best or better practices around understanding defined contribution of private exchanges. Now, Doug, did you, you know, I know at our events, you know, currently that most rooms, you know, the workshop rooms, when we talk about private health care exchanges, it's it's flowing out the door. Over, overflow rooms, was that something? was that something that – you know, cause you to say, hey, we need to, to jump into this space because we got an audience that obviously is engaged and interested in the in the topic. Yeah, I mean, you know, like I said before, you know, we're going to continue to embed exchange content at both of our events because, you know, exchanges are only one part of healthcare consumerism. But with so much going on around defined contribution to private exchanges, and you're right about our workshops and our general sessions, is that we felt that we needed to devote a, a drill down day and a half on nothing except the defined contribution private exchange discussion from understanding the models understanding what compliance issues are to be dealt with how to how to create the complete benefit experience the value and importance of consumer uh, decision support Kate real-time case study feedback from employers panels of employers 
interaction with health plans. You know, so mm-hmm. re- really devote a dedicated conference to nothing except understanding defined contribution to private exchange. And I know we were talking in your office when we were kind of laying out the what does the program look like, and you know, I think we were all coming to the consensus of. Hey, let's tell a story. Let's let's look at this from if I'm an employer, broker, any of these stakeholders, let's start from step one. And let's work all the way through the process to the end game of having that exchange in place and then what does it look like. So from an attendee standpoint, when you're when you're trying to figure this out, what we're gonna do, we're gonna tell you a story. You're gonna see from our experts that if you're looking at this, this is the first move you need to make. You need to look, let's say, you need to look at your platform. Mm-hmm. What what type of model is right for you? And we're going to have some some top consultants in this in this country sitting on those general sessions, and then flowing all the way through to the people who've put these in place, to the solution providers that that are really part of these exchanges right. as well, to give everyone a real time look in to see you know how this all comes together from beginning to end. Right, and th- and this will be for those considering exchanges. There will also be in-depth content for those that already have them looking to take mm-hmm. it to the next step. And we'll actually kick off the conference with a pre-con. We're still going to have a four-hour pre-con, so if you're completely you know, brand new to looking at exchanges, you can come to this four-hour pre-con and then walk into the opening of our event and really have you know a handle on where this discussion is going to go and what takeaways that you can come away with. So, everybody, that is uh, in March, March 31st, April 1st, mm-hmm. Dallas, Texas. Uh, we'll have more information up on the website here shortly, but, uh, you know, and anyone interested in sponsoring, they can definitely contact me. We've been in a lot of discussions with some others, um, you know, around our next two events for next year, but we'll weave that discussion into this as well. Uh, so everybody got a great program set up, and uh, joining us next on the program will be Dr. Alan Roga, CEO of Stat Doctors. And everybody stay tuned for the next segment. Solution Providers, are you aware of the Institute for Healthcare Consumerism's multiple marketing platforms? You're invited to get a little closer to IHC with our Solution Provider Membership Marketing Program. Through IHC's exclusive Solution Provider Membership, your business gets an all-access pass to engaging your prospects. This membership embeds your business within the Institute, which immediately aligns your company, its solutions, and your key executives with the nationally credible IHC brand and shows your support of the healthcare consumerism movement as a market-wide solution. And that's just the beginning. Contact IHC's Managing Director, Brent Macy, today at bmacy at theihcc.com. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on americaswebradio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on americaswebradio.com anytime you like. Certification. Do you know why becoming a certified healthcare consumerism specialist is more important than ever in 2014? Adding this specialized designation to your credentials tells employers or your clients that you understand how much our industry has changed and how to navigate that change successfully. IHC University's certification program offers coursework both online and live at their biannual forum conference series, and testing is completed online. Reaffirm your position as a leader in the health and benefit management industry. Download our certification overview and learn more at www.the 
www.theihcc.com. That's www.theihcc.com. This is America's Webradio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Hey, this is Doug Field, uh, along with my co-host Brent Macy, and welcome back to Healthcare Consumerism Radio. And joining us to really talk about uh, their e-health initiatives and, and what's happening around a new mobile app that they're introducing is Dr. Ellen Rogo with Stat Doctors. Alan, good morning. Hey, Alan, look, we can hardly hear you. Is that a little bit better? Yeah, I'm on the landline. Way uh, better. That's good, Alan. Uh, okay. Nice to have Sometimes you. Sometimes you just have to put the phone up to you, Alan. <laughs> <laughs> nice to have you uh, with us again, Alan. Uh, Thank you so much. Yeah, give us a little backgrounder on, uh, you know, Stat Doctors, for those who might not know you, and then we'll move in to talk about this new mobile app and some things you're doing. Sure. Uh, Thank you <clears> very much. So uh, I am founder and CEO of Stat Doctors, and uh, Stat Doctors is an e-health solution. Uh, what we do is basically provide a virtual house call whereby we connect members with our national network of board-certified emergency room physicians to diagnose and treat uh, minor conditions that would normally be seen in an ER or urgent care center, um, utilizing a proprietary technology that, as we'll talk about with mobile apps, uh, internet-based or landline, whatever modality really the, the patient has, they can connect with our doctors to diagnose and treat approximately 20% of illnesses that would go to an emergency room and about 80% that would go to a uh, primary care doctor or urgent care center. Pink eye, sinus infection, coughs and colds, vomiting, diarrhea, medication refills, rashes, aches and sprains, minor things, but when they pop up, because of a limited access to care, often people are going to higher cost settings. Mm-hmm. And by translating them to a virtual visit, um, it translates to uh, reduced uh, health plan costs for plan sponsors um, and also improved member satisfaction. Uh, Working with employers and insurance carriers, what we've been able to do is really drive down plan costs and really improve the experience for their their members, uh, which has been great. Now, we're very metric-driven. We see patients in six minutes, um, and 98% of patients would recommend and use it again. Oh, that's great. That's, that's great to hear. Now, tell uh, tell our audience about uh, your new launch. You just uh, developed a new mobile app. Sure. So, uh, you know, clearly the, the era of, of mobile health is here, and the proliferation of smartphones um, has really driven uh, the industry towards mobile solutions. So um, about a year ago, um, and we've been around since about uh, 2009, um, starting originally with really an internet-based version and a telephonic version. But what we found over a year ago was about 60% of our users were actually uh, accessing our physicians through their smartphones. So what the data showed us is that, hey, you know, we're now evolved to a mobile community, and that spanned really all age groups. And one thing that was pretty powerful for us is that uh, we actually had a, uh, a medically indigent population of about 17,000 members in California, um, and 55% had smartphones and mm-hmm. were accessing stat doctors. So we, we sort of used a lot of data to say that, uh, you know, clearly that's where people are and how people are accessing care. Um, so we made a really a major investment in, in developing a mobile application that is a complete solution similar to our internet version. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what drove uh, the the desire to head that way it was really the, the patient's needs and how we're accessing care and it's been a, a huge success it's been a great satisfier uh, for the patients and our members 
um, and been, you know, uh, just a, a phenomenal experience for them based on our feedback. You know, Ellen, you know, there's a proliferation of apps out there uh, around digital health, e-health, uh, whatever brand we kind of want to put on it. So what makes yours kind of stand apart from the others? Well, I think one of the things, the approach that we took on it um, was that we wanted a complete solution. Mm -hmm. So uh, uh, there's a lot of of different ways that you can essentially position an app. Um, But what we said is, look, you know, members and patients are looking for a a complete care delivery model. Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, uh, what we found was a couple things. First off, video um, is a great satisfier for the patient. And it's also a great satisfier, by the way, for the physicians as well, who's an important stakeholder in the interaction. Mm -hmm. So uh, when we embarked on designing our mobile app, we wanted to make sure that video um, and the ability to to see the physician face-to-face was key to the interaction. And then having all the features that you would expect um, from a care delivery model, and a complete care delivery model was important. So accessing records, payment processing systems, electronic prescriptions, uh, again, video encounter, knowledge about your physician, managing your account and your family members, and bringing a complete solution to the patient was really important to us as we designed our app. So um, as opposed to just simply making it a telephone call or a scheduling module, we brought all the features of, of what you'd expect for uh, a solution that replicates a doctor-patient relationship into a, a mobile solution. And now, the, So you can e-prescribe uh, through your app? Correct. Now, are there some uh, restrictions across the country? Aren't there some limitations in some states? Or, you know, where is that today, Alan? Well, certainly um, what's fairly well accepted is that uh, any scheduled substance, mm-hmm. so any medication that would need a DEA uh, 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 number, um, would be uh, something that you would not do through an e-prescribed program okay. uh, through a, an e-health visit. Um, lifestyle medication, so Viagra and Cialis and things that would be in that category also would be prohibited from uh, an e-visit, uh, e-prescribed solution. Okay. Hey, Alan, this is Brent. Um, so when, when we're looking at your, your solutions, who can actually use Stat Doctors? Is it something that you had mentioned, you had alluded at the beginning, employers? Uh, are there some other, other channels that you guys go through um, with your solutions? So uh, with our solution, we we have found that the best way to really um, engage the consumer is through a plan sponsor. So we go through either an employer-sponsored plan or an insurance carrier or a hospital system as well. Mm -hmm. So there's always a plan sponsor because what that does is it allows you to message the end user very, very well. Because while... um, you know, it, while eHealth is a wonderful solution and a, a wonderful delivery model, you know it's still at the point where the where society and people are just learning about it, mm-hmm. and you want to be very careful and very uh, pointed about what it's for. You know, what are the solutions that uh, or what are the situations that it's appropriate for, um, and how do you educate the public? Um, there are uh, opportunities to go directly to consumer. Um, but what we've found is that it's challenging to really educate the consumer directly. So we've opted to always go through a plan sponsor. Mm-hmm. So, so what's the next generation of the app for you? Where, where, where are you going to uh, go with your apps? So we, um, you know, we've had so much success on the patient side that we are uh, a couple of weeks away actually from launching our physician app. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh, 
what we found was not, you know, the data again showing that a majority of patients were looking for mobile solutions. Uh, physicians want them as well. And if you look at what, you know, the e-health space does, it's basically bringing a doctor and a patient together electronically. So, um, you know, the doctor being a very important stakeholder in the reaction, and really your delivery is only as good as your doctor and your technology. Mm-hmm. Um, so our next iteration is, is a physician app, which we're a couple of weeks away actually from launching. And it's got some incredible features to further improve the, the patient experience. So, um, you know, really the ability to, to um, know more about the member, know more about the patient, and pulling data from different sources, um, and uh, the ability to have templated charting, so ways that doctors have tools that they can provide better care for patients. And, and the feedback from our physicians has been also phenomenal on it. So they're very excited about it. And I think what that does is now you've got sort of both parties, the patient and the doctor, completely mobile, where you can create really now a, a, a ecosystem of care between the two of them. Now, Alan, where do you, you know, let's look kind of into the crystal ball. Where do you see, you know, the, the e-health and mobile health care marketplace really moving in the next five to seven years here? You know, I think we've just scratched the surface on the e-health solution and mm-hmm. mobile health. I mean, we've, we've, the industry right now is primarily focused around minor conditions and um, proof of concept, connecting mm-hmm. patients and doctors together through mobile solutions and, and electronic health delivery. Um, as you start to look towards where really um, uh, the industry is going and where uh, healthcare is going, people are now getting uh, very sophisticated about their healthcare knowledge. You know, mm-hmm. where are the dollars flowing? Um, I think what you're going to see are really, again, these sort of ecosystems of care mobily, but more importantly, mobile health and e-health focusing on high-cost claims and high-cost coverage. So, um, uh, looking at condition management or chronic condition care, at hooking into existing wellness programs, at identifying um, different opportunities within a plan that are really uh, driving a lot of the costs, and then different provider groups. You know, you've got uh, you've got areas right now where primarily e-health and telemedicine has been focused on um, radiology, psychiatry, dermatology, and now sort of acute care, minor illness. But you'll you'll see other specialty providers and subspecialists on platforms like this. Alan, we got about a minute left on the program, and and if you could leave leave our audience with kind of one or two good takeaways on what they need to be considering when looking at your solution, and then let them know how they can find you. Sure. So I think uh, uh, looking at uh, at our solution or eHealth in general. So first off, statdoctors.com is is our website, um, and in looking at eHealth solutions, I think you got to look at really a couple of things. Um, what's the quality of provider? Because again, it's a doctor-patient interaction, and can you replicate a visit? You know, make sure that this is something that is equivalent to an in-person visit, because there should be no shortcuts here. And at the end of the day, it's phenomenal care. Now, when you look at, just for my knowledge, can this can this app be downloaded on multiple mobile devices that are out there? I know everyone's got their cell phone markets. There's a bunch of cell phones out there. Can it be downloaded to to most of the major cell phone carriers? Yeah, iTunes and Google. iTunes, so, uh, uh, iTunes and Google Play right now are the the two main ones that we're on, and mm-hmm. uh, it'll be downloaded. All right, Alan. Hey, we really appreciate uh, you joining us on the program today. Have a uh, have a great weekend out there on on the West Coast, and uh, to the rest of our audience, stay tuned for the next segment of Healthcare Consumers and Radio. Great, thank you very much yeah. for having me. Thanks, Alan.
Hi, this is Brent Macy, Managing Director for the Institute for Healthcare Consumerism. If you're a solution provider in this marketplace, I'd like to talk to you more about our corporate membership program that will allow you to showcase your solutions in front of our audience who will be making decisions on what they're going to be putting in place surrounding their healthcare benefit packages in 2013 and beyond. Contact me at 770-296-7276 to learn more. With all the back and forth in today's politics, it seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com. Solution Providers, are you aware of the Institute for Healthcare Consumerism's multiple marketing platforms? You're invited to get a little closer to IHC with our Solution Provider Membership Marketing Program. Through IHC's exclusive solution provider membership, your business gets an all-access pass to engaging your prospects. This membership embeds your business within the Institute, which immediately aligns your company, its solutions, and your key executives with the nationally credible IHC brand and shows your support of the healthcare consumerism movement as a market-wide solution. And that's just the beginning. Contact IHC's Managing Director, Brent Macy, today at bmacy at the IHCC.com. This is America's AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Hey, this is Doug Field along with my co-host, Brent Macy, and welcome back to Healthcare Consumerism Radio. And uh, we're excited about this next segment because we have a good friend of the Institute and a member of our legal leaders and a frequent speaker at our event joining us today to talk about uh, a much-talked-about subject and maybe misunderstood subject, uh, consumer engagement. So joining us today is Wendy Lynch, Director of Altrum Center for Consumer Choice in Healthcare. Hey, Wendy. Hey, how are you, Doug? I'm great. Nice to, nice to have you with us. I appreciate you Thank taking you. the time to join us. Hey, for for our audience's uh, background, or in case uh, give us a little background on Altrum Center for Consumer Choice in Healthcare. Sure, uh, the center is a relatively young center, about three years, and Altarum supports a variety of key issues uh, in the healthcare space. And in about 2012, we launched this center with a focus on making sure that every healthcare decision is informed by individual preferences regarding the benefits, risks, and price of care. So it was a nice parallel with the work that you all have been doing, and we've been focused on getting consumers' opinions in surveys and focus groups and also doing some development work, which we'll talk about today. Yeah. You're doing some interesting work around, and uh, we're going to talk about it here, around uh, measuring uh, consumer engagement in health and, you know, Talk about engagement and kind of the kind of I think the underlying assumptions that maybe we all have about engagement and how that might differ uh, per stakeholder group. Yes, the notion of engagement has been used a lot. That term is used a lot, and I I think that I want to distinguish between employee engagement, which is your active Mm -hmm. involvement in your job and your organization. I've heard the description of employee engagement as uh, essentially what a person will do when nobody's watching. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So if you are engaged in your job and your organization, you will likely do the things that the people around you would like you to do. If you're disengaged, you may not um, 
spend your time doing the most high-value things for your work. When we talk about engagement of the individual in healthcare or health, what we're talking about is the person's active involvement in choices and activities that improve their own health and the quality of their health care. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a construct that I think a lot of people debate, but it's about how somebody is involved. And I would distinguish that from the customer experience efforts that are underway by a lot of people right now because the customer experience is their perceptions of how they're treated once they're in the system. And while they're related, they're, they're quite different things. Yeah. So tell us what, what you guys are doing around the measurement of consumer engagement. We spent about two years doing development work to come up with a new measure of what we're calling consumer engagement. Mm-hmm. We wanted to expand on the existing tools for a variety of reasons. So the first one was that the idea of consumerism as everybody probably who's a listener here knows, it extends beyond the activities of when you're a, an active patient. So it's about the choices that you make within the system, but also outside of the system and how you make those decisions. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to expand that a little bit. We also knew that the uh, some of the standard measures were developed a decade ago, and so much has changed about how we get information and what resources we use and uh, using the Internet that we felt like we needed to expand uh, the definition of how somebody gets involved. And then lastly, there are a variety of different tools out there that are um, at different price ranges, and being a nonprofit, Alcarn supported the idea of providing a tool that was available to all types of users at no cost in return for um, providing the identified data back to us. So uh, it's been a really great effort, and we launched this spring with a tool called the ACE, the Altarum Consumer Engagement Measure. And uh, we're excited because we've had uh, interest from a variety of folks. So so how does this work for some? I mean, how how can they find it, you know, how they access it? And tell us a little more how this actually works. If I'm I'm a consumer... Can I get this through my employer? Are you going through those channels, through other channels, direct? How yes. So we have uh, uh, one of our co-developers was Safeway, okay. the, the corporation, and they use it on a platform for their employees. And they actually decided to combine the ACE with biometric testing, and they've uh, done away with their traditional HRA, which we thought was a fascinating direction to go. We also have had a couple of health plans sign on, Mm -hmm. and they're going to be using that uh, for certain subpopulations within their covered lives. We've had two clinical groups looking at it to uh, look at um, performance of um, both patients and providers, depending on how engaged the patients are in chronic disease management. And then one exciting one is a hospital system that's 
going to be piloting the ACE as a way to measure engagement over time and find out what predicts whether or not their people are engaged. Now, Wendy, going back to when you, when you all were developing this, you know, what were some of the interesting things that, that you guys discovered, um, you know, when pulling this all together? Yeah, what, what's interesting is that out in the literature, there are quite a few examples where the authors claimed that engagement in their minds was one one construct. It is one thing and you get your lower or higher on that construct and you become more engaged or less engaged perhaps over time. And as we were analyzing data and the questions that we developed, we found some very unique subdomains, that, that's what we call them anyway, uh, sub-areas that may be a little bit related, but some of them are not very strongly related at all. So what was interesting is that uh, one of our domains called commitment, which is how actively you manage your own care when you're away from the system, mm. so your health behaviors and uh, biometrics, is very different than the domain we call informed choice, which is how you use information and where you go to get information. Uh, as another example, there's a domain called navigation, which is how comfortable and confident you are getting around in the system and knowing where to go and who to see. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of understand that somebody who's a really strong in commitment and they manage their lifestyle and eat right and exercise and do all those things, they may actually have a low level of navigation confidence because they haven't had a lot of experience using the Mm -hmm. system. Mm -hmm. And so um, we've been really pleased to see that each of the four domains that we've identified predict different aspects of engagement. And we think that will be very helpful for users. Now, now, Wendy, when everyone's you know studying you know the literature here, how long is how long is this tool? Um, mm-hmm. And you had mentioned the domains that it consists of. How long is it? Uh, it's twenty-one items. Okay. And they all are on the same scale of strongly agree to strongly disagree. It's really quick to take. And so each domain has five, except for commitment that has six items. Now, when so say I'm, you know, say I'm a employer and yep. I look to utilize this tool. Do you all come in after everything is completed and help them analyze uh, all the information? We can do uh, do it in a variety of different ways. The questions are available at no cost. You have to sign a user agreement and agree to provide us with de-identified data, and then we give you a scoring algorithm, so you can score it yourself, and that way you can do all the analysis you want if, if, if you would like, and we provide you with some benchmarks so that you know how you are standing up against other, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> other groups. If you want us to host it, we have a very simple website, and we can do that for a you know, very low cost. And so we'd be happy to collaborate with people in any way that they would like. Wendy, as you look at this site, you know, you rolled it out in the spring, correct? That's what you said early, early you rolled out in the spring. So what's some of the early interesting findings that you're seeing as you look at this aggregated data coming back to you? Yeah. 
we did get a chance to line things up with other sorts of outcome data. Mm-hmm. The uh, I think one of the things that is reassuring is that none of the domains differ by gender, so you're equally likely, which is a good thing. And only one of the domains is related to age, and that is informed choice. Hmm. And that's because we do ask about Internet use and uh, the ways that people get information. And as you get younger, people are much more confident and apt to be nosing around to try and find information. But we do find that uh, the commitment scale is very strongly correlated to biometric results. So, for example, those who score the highest on commitment, perhaps 90% of them are, are um, below the cutoff of 30 um, on BMI, whereas at the bottom range, 10% of them are uh, a healthy weight. So it's, uh, it, that one was very strong. We do also find that our ownership domain is quite correlated with um, adherence to medication. So I can kind of rattle on and on, but basically it's a nice way to get an overview of how people are behaving and how they perceive the system and their own um, active involvement in the system. Now, this is uh, very interesting, uh, Wendy, and then this ties in, uh, seems to tie in very nicely with the other work you do as well, correct? Yes, we we're we wanted to have a way that we can talk about how people change or in what areas they need more support. So, for example, Safeway, not only are they using the tool to measure people, but they're targeting their outreach based on the scores that people have. So we um, provide them with the scoring and they reach out and, and talk to people about why they might want to ask more questions or where they can find more information. But as, as you guys know, we have a long way to go before consumers as a general rule yeah. are going to be taking an active uh, role in their care. Yeah, we're on the, early, we're on the early part of that journey, correct? Yes. The <laughs> data that we have, we've done a survey every six months since the end of 2011, and there is very little progress on the portion of people who say they have asked about the cost of care or that they've looked for information about the quality of care or that they feel confident they could distinguish between low quality and high quality. So as much as I had hoped, and I think uh, you're my (laughs) collaborators in this this hope, (laughs) that we would see a real groundswell that accelerated, it it really is a a slow march, um, uh, slower than I had hoped. Well, Wendy, listen, we really appreciate you taking time out of your day and joining us. Very interesting work that you're doing. And uh, Thank you. Uh, to our audience, uh, you can come here, Wendy, at IHC Forum West, uh, leading both the workshop uh, on some of these topical issues as well as uh, the general session on Friday morning. Uh, Wendy, tell them how they can contact you directly as well. Sure. Um, the uh, information about the ACE 
is on the Altarum website, A-L-T-A-R-U-M.org. And you go to the center, they have research centers, and you come down to the Center for Consumer Choice in Healthcare, and everything about the ACE is right there. Uh, Um, You can also reach me directly on Twitter at at Wendy underscore Lynch, or you can um, email me at Wendy. Oh, it's, God, I always, you know how you don't remember your own phone number? <laughs> <laughs> you don't remember your, your own email. You, uh, probably the best one is Wendy at Lynch Consulting Ltd. Wendy, thank you so much. Have a great weekend, and uh, we'll, we will see you soon. Thank you, and thank you so much for letting me talk about our exciting new yeah, you are, instrument. You are welcome. Always great to have you. And to the audience, stay tuned for the next segment of Healthcare Consumers and Radio. Membership. Are you an IHC member? Access to the Institute for Healthcare Consumerism's breaking news, industry trends, expert blogs, and networking with IHC's industry-wide member community. IHC membership puts you at the focal point of the dynamic health and benefit industry, allowing you to join the conversation and collaborate with industry stakeholders and your peers. Your IHC membership includes a subscription to Healthcare Consumerism Solutions Magazine, Healthcare Exchange Solutions Magazine, Annual Publications Healthcare Solutions Superstars, and Healthcare Solutions Outlook, a free white paper, and much more. Sign up as a free IHC member or $99 premium IHC member today at www.theihcc.com. That's www.theihcc.com. Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. Hi, this is Brent Macy, Managing Director for the Institute for Healthcare Consumerism. If you're a solution provider in this marketplace, I'd like to talk to you more about our corporate membership program that will allow you to showcase your solutions in front of our audience who will be making decisions on what they're going to be putting in place surrounding their healthcare benefit packages in 2013 and beyond. Contact me at 770-296-7276 to learn more. This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to uh, Healthcare Consumerism Radio. And this is Brent Macy, Managing Director of the Institute for Healthcare Consumerism. Joined with Doug Field, CEO and founder of the Institute. And joining us here in the last segment is uh, Coda Alfrey with Metro Atlanta Financial Group. Good morning, Coda. Good morning. How are you? Oh, we're doing great. How are you today? Fantastic, thank you. Uh, well, t- tell us, tell our audience a little bit more about uh, Metro Atlanta Financial Group. Metro Atlanta Financial Group is a company that has been um, established and using um, selling insurance for groups and individuals. Um, we are located in Alpharetta, Georgia. Our president is Greg Yates, and we have been doing this for over thirty years. And enjoy every minute of it. <laughs> now, I know, you know, on this program all the time, we always talk about private exchanges, public exchanges, and kind of all the moving pieces to to all those different elements. Uh, it's kind of the craze of the market right now. What are What are you guys doing? Uh, you know, in that in that space with private and uh, public exchanges. Well, what we have, um, first of all, I know, you know, prior to 
you've had prior prior guests on your show, and they explain those exchanges. And what I'm going to do is talk a little bit about the preparation um, from the broker and consumer point. Mm-hmm. So, clarifying the exchange. An exchange, in, you know, is basically one place where you can go and and have all of the insurance products, be they individual or group, and they're easily accessible through the online marketplaces. Now, there's two different types of exchanges. You have the private exchange, you have a public exchange. And the private exchange is run by the industry. So Blue Cross has their own exchange. Cigna has their own exchange. And then the public exchange, of course, is run by the government, and it is the exchange that has the subsidized premiums. Now, you're, you're actually working so you can work with both of these exchanges? Yes, sir. We are certified to sell through healthcare.gov, which is the public exchange, and then, of course, with any and all of the other private exchanges. So the, you know, looking at the, when the public exchanges rolled out, you know, what, you know, what did you guys analyze? What did you look at, you know, as, as a way to, to get into that market and, and kind of serve your clients through, through the public exchange? Okay, well, what happened with that public exchange, as we all know, is um, it was disastrous initially. <laughs> and so what, ha- what it did is it exposed that lack of comprehension and the knowledge of the industry terminology, the plan designs, the drug formularies, networks, time frames, information that was needed um, for an application to be completed through that first public exchange. What we really had, we had people who, because the exchange had been communicated that it was similar to online shopping, they had this fear that they would not, there wouldn't be enough policies to go around, mm-hmm. that they had to get it that first day. And I think that was continued across the United States, and, and then the website crashed because everybody thought they had to get it the first day. I think exposure to the technology um, and the comfortableness with using that technology, it wasn't there. There was no, um, they didn't, people didn't realize how important it was to have all the information to complete an application, even though it said on the website what you needed to have, it was kind of overlooked. And so I think we were ill prepared as a country for that. Okay, now from that time, There have been numerous companies developing websites, and they allow consumers to kind of practice enrolling without going so far as to submit an application. It gives familiarity then with the online questions and the information that they're going to need, and then how accurate, and it's very important that that information is accurate, and that allows them then to compare the plans. So at Metro Atlanta Financial Group, um, we have spent numerous hours educating our clients on what they're looking for when they're purchasing a health care plan. And also there has been more written comment content. There has been um, the news media has spoken more about health care and the laws. And then social media is another avenue where it's been communicating to people as a whole about the experience and what you need to do to, to purchase your own health insurance. I'm hoping that consumers have taken the time in the past year to prepare themselves for this second open enrollment on the public exchange. And I also want to say, um, you know, enrollment, 
has typically been looked at as a one-time year event. And then let's put that away. We don't have to think about it for mm-hmm. 12 months. Mm-hmm. But it really needs to be an ongoing conversation mm-hmm. throughout the course of the year so that changes can be made. If a plan didn't really work for you, now with the law, you're locked into that plan. You don't get the option to change it because you don't like it. And that was new for people. And they didn't um, didn't realize the implication of those laws. So we're focusing now on making the renewal time a time where um, all of that has been looked at and new plans or changes can be made and, and then the consumer realizing that that's, this is a one-time chance you get during open enrollment. Now, Cutter, when, when you look at kind of where the system's going today, in the past, you know, it's it's been the employer making the decisions regarding the health care for their employees and their families. Do you see that um, Do you see that changing? I do see that changing, and that's, um, that's being called, um, it was employer-driven, now it's going to be employee-driven, and uh, it's allowing with private exchanges and even the public exchange called SHOP, is going to give the consumer more options. They're going to see different plan designs rather than the choice that was preset by their employer. And so um, it transfers the responsibility of those choices to the employee who may or may not want that responsibility. We've kind of been lulled into the paternal employer saying this is what you get to choose from. There's three. Pick which one you want. Okay, well, now that's changing, and the people are getting that power to make those decisions that are personal for their families. And so it's taking employees in from a passive consumer point to a very active in the choices of the process of picking health care plans. Coda, this is Doug, uh, uh, and nice to have you here. Uh, do, you, you. do you see some of this with your clients being driven by defined contribution funding as well? I do. Defined contribution, um, well, okay, defined contribution really is something we're hearing the word defined contribution, and we're wondering what is that and how comfortable are we with right. moving into that type of a platform in offering that to our um, employees. So what that means, really, you have defined benefit. That is what we've typically had. Now we're moving to defined contribution. This is where the employer is determining a set amount of monies, and then um, that, along with the employee's amount of money, can purchase on an exchange the plan that they see that they want to have for their family. Mm -hmm. And also there's ancillary products out there that maybe they were not given the choice to purchase. Um, So there's a lot of talk about that, but for us personally, we've not seen many of our clients move to that this year. Mm -hmm. But I see futuristically that that is going to be an avenue that's going to be highly utilized. Now, Kata, we got a couple minutes left on the program, and want to want you to tie the wellness piece into this as well. Where does wellness fit into these exchanges, whether it's public or private, that are coming out across the country? Okay, well, wellness is is mostly talked about, but um, no one hears about the results of it because those take a couple years. But it is a huge component, and and our nation has to wrap their head around wellness and how important that is that it's not just today it's not just to get points to reach a certain level it's 
the impact of wellness on our life for the future because what we're doing today affects us for the next 20, 30, 40 years health-wise. And so getting into a true wellness program, that keeps the employee very active in their health care choices and how they live, and they will see that difference in those premiums. Now, when you look at uh, communication, could I think, um, you know, Wendy Lynch uh, spoke with us on the last segment. I don't know if you heard her, but she talked a lot about communication. you see that as a, a key piece to this as well? Absolutely. It is communication. Um, I went to the private exchange uh, symposium that they had in Chicago in July, and that was one of the things. They had a panel of employers who had moved to the private exchange, and the point they brought home continually was if we wish we would have had more time to communicate, educate, and then roll out the exchange. It was a little confusing, just like the public the public exchange was. So was it when you take a passive employee and make them be uh, very active in, in the choices that they're giving. And so um, they need to be educated and and they need to understand the value of the product rather than look at it as, oh, gosh, it's insurance. I hate dealing with insurance. You really need to find it. It's an asset to have that, and it's also a law. Well, Kata, we really appreciate you joining us on the program today. Let us let our audience know how they can find you. We are um, – our phone number is the easiest way, and that's 770 4599. We're Metro Atlanta Financial Group. Coda, thank you so much. Have a great, uh, beautiful weekend here in Atlanta. And, uh, you know, we really appreciate you joining us on the program. To everybody else, we will uh, talk to you next week on Healthcare Consumerism Radio. Thank you. This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you.